What up, world? It's Ann Diggity, Road to Victory Podcast. We are here. We are back for a special episode. A special episode. Before I get into that, I want to thank all the listeners, all the supporters out there that's tuned in every time and all the time, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the donations. All the all the love is overwhelming, and it keeps me going, keeps me doing what I'm doing. You know, keeps me pushing forward. And I thank y'all for that. Y'all play a huge part in that. Now, today, I got a special guest in the building. CEO and founder of <laughs> Cocktail Council. Yes, sir. <laughs> My man, Michael Armstrong in yes. the building. Yes, sir. Michael Armstrong in the building. I know Mike... For a long time. You know how you grow out of your tag name? <laughs> when, I, when I met Mike, we used to call him Gravy. Mm-hmm. Flow so smooth like he was born in Gravy. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it, it's been a minute. You know, um, I first met Mike. We always, like, competed to be, like, who's the funniest in the room, I felt. <laughs> I felt we nah, always you, you you was just the funniest. You were just the funniest one. <laughs> I always find you was hilarious. Like, I, I was barely scratching the surface on the, on the comedy. <laughs> yeah, man, but <laughs> definitely an honor to have you here. You know, um, coming through on this rainy day. You know, it, and it's definitely like we definitely gonna have something to talk about what you've been going through. Yeah, thank you. Thanks you know, for having me, brother. Uh, no problem, bro. So getting right into it, the cocktail, the cocktail council. Tell us all about it. All right. So the cocktail council is pretty much um, an online personality that um, I've created for myself, but I'm trying to make it genuine. You know, I think oftentimes people have lives on IG that don't match their regular life. Right. But um the cocktail council is truly me. So it started out as me just um making drinks, showing people that I could mix cocktails. Um started making some classic cocktails, then started coming up with my own drink ideas. Um and now it's kind of taking on a little bit of a, a life of its own. Like since I've started focusing on like growing my IG followers and like creating more content, I noticed that I get a lot more traction. So I'm thinking about um, offering like a, a mixology class for couples, yeah. Um, and also just you know giving people like history on on drinks, you know, and cocktails and like how some of their favorite drinks came to be, right? Um, and I'm also you know a lawyer. Like that's where the council part comes in as well too. So. I love talking politics. I love, uh, you know, talking about black empowerment and black people and what that looks like for me, or at least sharing content or information um, to make people think differently. So, yeah, it's right now, I want to say it's a lifestyle brand. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm trying to create a a lifestyle brand. Right. Because before you came in today and made, what you call it, the the cardboard? It's a... (laughs) It's a it's a side a side car. A side car. A side car. <laughs> it's definitely like, especially with the pandemic and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's definitely different. You know, I used to just get like a, either a bottle of wine or uh-huh. 
or some vodka or cognac and drink it straight or yeah. maybe mix it with cranberry. But yeah. I ain't never had nothing like this, man. It, it give you that bar feeling, yeah. that that nice restaurant. Like I, we was talking about the Great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it make you feel like that, like you have to drink it with your pinky out. Actually, I mean, actually, a sidecar is one of those drinks that come from um, that era, you know, out of like prohibition, yeah. you know, like that 1920s, 1930s. So, you mentioned the Great Gatsby. Um, it's kind of true. Like that yeah. era when it when it came to alcohol, it was like kind of secretive. But people were starting to figure out, yo, we could take this and maybe add like a little juice to it and add some ice and throw some sour, and you got a totally different drink. Um, so I'm 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 glad I'm glad you like that. You know, it'll, so it'll taste so good that it'll market itself. And, yeah, and in some kind of way, man. Mm-hmm. And it's not an original. This <laughs> this drink exists. I just came over and showed my brother how to mix that up when he's not feeling just for uh, Hennessy and cranberry. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, just a little little something different. <laughs> when I say new life, y'all new life. <laughs> but um, if I haven't asked you, like, what got you started? Like, you was sitting around and yeah, um, that's a good question. So. I want to say two years ago, I was really looking at bartending and mixology um, as a side hustle. Like I was trying to figure out what can I do to earn a little extra income um, on the side of my nine to five, you know, my my day to day. So I was thinking I definitely want to do something fun. Um, I like to drink. I've always liked to party and hang out and stuff like that. A lot of my family, like my family's Jamaican, as you know. Right. So eating and partying and drinking and stuff like that just kind of comes with the culture it comes with the vibe yes, um so it started out as a hobby then maybe i could do this as a part-time job and then last year like around this time i took a week off from work and took like a bartenders 101 like a beginner's course basically got certified um started like job hunting and looking and then the pandemic hit right so that kind of put a hole on that. So like everybody else that you see on IG, I started making drinks, you know, I was just making drinks and showing people that I could make drinks. And then, you know, fast forward a few months through the summer up until now and me actually getting a good response um, and people noticing that I'm really doing something good. Now it's kind of taking on its life of its own and becoming a business um, slowly. Like I did, I did an event, I did a housewarming, um, you know, in September um, and then now, I, like I said, I'm about to do the, the mixology classes and oh, stuff man. like that because people really been feeling it. So yeah, it just it's it's been like a two year process of me realizing, yo, I could take this in this direction, um, and just and just see where see where it goes, see see where it lands. <laughs> that's that's awesome, man. That's real awesome, man. That we talk about your law degree, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're able to practice law in New York. Yeah, so I so right, I'm licensed to practice law in New York, but I actually I work for the court system. Yeah. Um so I can't take on clients like I'm I'm actually prohibited from engaging in the practice of law because it'll be like double dipping like I work for a judge and then I got clients, so it'd be like I'm just sliding things through. Um so there there really can't be that any impropriety or like uh favoritism there, but um oh. at, at at any moment when I decide to step away from that life, yeah, um, yeah I, I could take clients, I could, I could practice, I could represent people, I, I could read contracts, I could do all of yeah. that. Damn, you know it's crazy? I had it all wrong. I'm like, 
as soon as I trip and fall and stuff, I th- I think of you. <laughs> I mean, I, I can make a referral. I can put you on to somebody, but it won't. I won't be there with you. You know, I I'm, I'm gonna be there in spirit. But you know, we come we come from the same neighborhood, I guess, and mm-hmm. like the same area and stuff like that. And it's not too many people I know personally with that so with that 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 reached that accomplishments. Yeah. So it's like. You know, this is crazy. This is like pushing, pushing the bar. No yeah. pun intended. Yeah. You know, setting the bar, pushing the bar, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What was the mindset you had to like go from? Like, basically, what inspired you to, to accomplish that goal? Um, to become a to yeah. to finish law school. Yeah. Um. Damn, that's another good question. I feel like it really came from my family, man. Um, you know, my my mother and my father, they were definitely always the type. You know how old folks are. They'd be like, yo, get a good education so you can go get a good job. And I definitely bought into that mindset. And I think I definitely wanted to finish and get it done because it's something that I said that I was going to do. I wanted to make them proud. Um, and I also wanted to feel good for myself. You know, I I think now though, as time passed a little bit and given everything that we see going on socially, um, I realized that having my law license and having my degree is really something that I need to take advantage of for myself before anybody else does. And like, that would be my parents and family included. Like I'm glad that they're proud of me, but, um, you know, I got to use it for myself, but I was, I was definitely motivated by finishing, um, and just getting out there, you know, and just getting out there in the work, work world and just, you know, trying to make some money and, and also help people along the way. Like when I started out, I started doing immigration law and I was making like, I wasn't making shit to be honest with you. I was, you, you curse on the podcast. I, I I was making like thirty. Not I, really. Oh my fault. My fault. But yeah, but, yeah. but you, <laughs> I bad. don't. You know, I got this rule where as long as I stay true, yeah, to who I am, and, and uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. I, you have to be yourself. Too. All right. My, all right. Cool. So I'll, I'll edit going forward. But yeah, I was making like thirty, thirty-five k. You know, um, I wasn't making anything, but I helped a lot of people. You know. Um, a lot of people were just trying to get their, their immigration situation sorted out. So right. that, that made me feel good. So, yeah, I was right. definitely motivated by the family, make a little money, and also just help people along the way. Right. Right. That That's that's definitely, like, something you can look at and, and look back on and say, wow, I did that. Yeah. I did know. that, especially coming from where we come from, mm-hmm. you know. And I wanted to give you your flowers for that, you know. Let's tell you, congratulations and, Thank you. and the best is yet to come. Thank you, brother. But moving on, like, with this pandemic, I say that is like a, I say it all the time, it's like a, a a blessing and a curse. Yes. At the same time, like, without this pandemic, I probably wouldn't, you know, took the step forth into podcasting or, you know, journalism and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the, the 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 curse is like, you know, the 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 loss of life and yeah, you know, not being around like human touch. Like you see, I, I live alone. Yeah, and it's an area where I don't know too many people, so mm-hmm. it's not like 
I'm like have human contact outside of work. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so it definitely got me to honor my craft and, yeah. and participate in my own rescue. <laughs> That's real. So, what what headspace like are are you in? Like, how do you keep protect your peace, mm-hmm. keep your sanity, mm-hmm. and like keep the day to day routines? And you know, yeah. how did I run smoothly for you? It was it was a struggle. I'm not gonna lie. Like I think on the on the flip side of you, like I I don't live alone. Like I just um you know got got married uh about a month now. I've been I've been uh, what yeah me and me yeah me and Tara uh, tied the knot a little uh very a very quiet civil civil <laughs> ceremony because of a because quarantine of wedding a, a quarantine wedding. Um, my boss, who's a judge, actually um was the one that married us, so that was cool. But yeah, we kept it very. Low key, um, but yeah, I just got married, so I, w- I was fortunate enough to be with my now wife, you know, at that time when the pandemic hit, fiance. So I think having her company, yeah, definitely kept me grounded, right? Um, but there were still those moments in there where yo, we can't go out, like, we shouldn't be going outside, or even if we went outside, it's just for a walk because things are locked, um, you know, can't go to the gym, then. Everything happened with George Floyd and like seeing Ahmaud Arbery videos and like and learning about what happened to Breonna Taylor earlier this year. Yeah. It's like all of those things kind of hit us on the back end when everybody was just at home. So I definitely went through a phase where I kind of just let myself go. You know, like I, you know, I was I I normally I, I work out right. to try to you know keep my nerves calm and just like right. stay balanced and stuff like that. Form of therapy. Yeah, you know, but I I stopped doing that. But now that everything is kind of I've like at least grappled with everything or put certain things in a in a better place and also found, you know, the mixology as an outlet, as a creative outlet as well too. Right. Um I really I just try to meditate, you know. I, I really do try to meditate. Like I'll I will turn the YouTube on and take a shower. Right. And just like yeah. listen to the guided, you know, like let the water run over your body. You know? Like <laughs> I you know, I, I, I really just do that just to try to calm my nerves, you know, and my, my mother, my family is a very spiritual, like, Christian-based family. Right. You know me, I, I went to Catholic school, you yeah. know, with, with Kaya and stuff, so I grew up reading the Bible, knowing the Bible, so every once in a while, like, I'll crack open you version and just read that too, just find something that resonates with me, mm. and then just sit on that, you know, and just mm. let my thoughts get in the right place, so yeah, I just, however way I can, man, just, it's, it's really a lot that we have as black men. Right. I think to balance. Right. So anything that we could find, you know, to do to try to balance that out, you know, we, we got to do it. Short of anything illegal. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. yeah that, that's, <laughs> a, that's the thing. I know I when I first heard about, like, mental health and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's like propaganda, maybe yeah. a marketing scheme or two. But it's as I, like, go into the world, and see people, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing what they're going through, and I always wondered why, why the, you know, um, not so much of the bad things or, or the good things that they do, but mm-hmm. what make them, what what build up to make them this way, you know, yeah. what have they gone through, what have they experienced, right. like not so much like just judge a person and say, oh. 
he's he's that he's he's this and that that and this because yeah. because of doing this. But like, what a person's been through, past trauma, yeah. past trauma that really. And some people go through their whole life, mm-hmm. you know, just scarred and, and can never really get they over that. Face it. And they can never face it. It's so true. Like you, that that's mind blowing because. I've also I've also dealt with family members getting you know my own family members getting killed and like not at the hands of police like the same people that look like uh, you and me you know what yeah. I'm saying that like you know both of my cousins like I had a, a, a cousin and it was all over the news this year Brandon Hendricks that was killed this year and then ten years ago um, in August another one of my cousins was killed which was in the in the news as well too so I you talk about mental health like I was definitely in a way about that and I had to seek help like I had to seek you know uh, like some therapy yeah yeah man like I was I was dealing with like I was just not in a good way like I was I was I was I was depressed like I was just down like and there was really nothing that could take me out of that trauma and like that sadness and um, not even my wife you know and she she made the suggestion and um I would say for the sessions that I had, like they were helpful. Just at least giving me another party, like a neutral party, to hear everything that was going on yeah. in my head. And I, you know, I got my, I got my friends, I got my boys, I, and I got y'all, and I love everybody. But I think that sometimes with conversations of mental health, they're not so easy to have right. with the people right. that are closest to you, right? Because right. not that they won't hear you out, but more so, I think for yourself. Yo, if I tell them, are they gonna think that I'm this or that I'm that? It's just, it's more so your own mental barriers. Right. Why you might not be so ready to share with people close to you because you don't know what that that reception is that reception is gonna be, you know, or how that's gonna go. Right. You know, uh, I tell this story all the time about how, you know, I have relationship troubles, so trying to like find a deep root to pull it out, I wind up, you know, having a. a first time conversation with my mom's about it I'm like mom I just noticed why you never hugged us mm. and she like oh my like 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 you could feel her spirit mm. it's like boom it just hit her like it was something maybe she tried to run from cause she was the perfect mother I couldn't ask for a better mother she provided mm-hmm. she provided she uh protected us mm-hmm. You know, she put us first. Mm-hmm. We were priority. But when it came to love, mm. like t- still to this day, our family struggle with love. That's why it's like a lot of low self-esteem, mm. a lot of um, not confident as as w- we should be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's, it's, I guess it, it goes arms and arms with poverty because she's like, my mom never hugged me. Right, and she bring up the one time she did try to hug her mom, mm-hmm. and and her mom didn't hug her back. And wow. you know, my mom is in her fifties, yeah. and just to remember that one time she tried to hug her mom, so yeah. she said that fear of not the putting out love mm-hmm. and not receiving it back. You know, wow. and that, that yeah. I wouldn't, I don't want to say it cursed my whole family, but it's like 
affected all yeah, of us, it was bro. definitely a learned behavior, though. You know, yeah. learned behavior, mm-hmm. all my brothers and sisters and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it's just like the poverty mindset. You know, my great-grandmother was on welfare. Right. My grandmother was on welfare. Right. My mom was on welfare. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that, it's like with all of that past stuff, you can we just here ultimately trying to break the train. Yeah. Trying to love like we never loved before, Facts. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it it's not easy, it's not easy. But you, like you said, you got to choose your heart. Yeah, man. And and we and just you, like that was so real, you know. Like choosing to be the generation or the person that breaks that, right? You know that right. that steps off the cycle, you know. And I I think I'm gonna try something different, you know, because. I'm a I'ma have me a wife, I'ma have me some kids and I don't want the same thing um to keep on coming down because it doesn't sit right with me, you know, just making that choice. So yeah. That's yeah, I, I so, agree with that. So what it does for me, like I went through a stage where I was lusting, you know, mm-hmm. after women and you know, it showed me like no matter how much sex you have, it can't it won't help the demons inside yeah. you, bro. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? No yeah. matter how how many how many women or how many times you do it, it's still them demons are still there. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, you know, I just wanted to put that out. Maybe somebody relate to it and stuff Absolutely. like that, and be able to get over that hump. Absolutely. So l- last night we was here. You know, I know this is not a battle rap podcast, but last <laughs> night. We was here. We was here with the homies, you know, watching Murder Mook and Tay Rock and stuff like that. And I guess it felt good, bro. Like, like we were always here. We felt it, like just to, just to see each other, just to be whole. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a, a moment of, you know, whatever we got going on in life. You know, us as brothers, mm-hmm. we just sat here and enjoyed each other. Yeah. Like, that was just, everything else was just on pause, you know. And and that's, that's like, the one of the beauties of life. So, tell me, tell me, like, your beauty of, of life. Whew. <laughs> you know, you're newly married. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, well, yeah. Um, newly married, definitely, I love spending time with my, with my wife, man. Um, I love Tara. Like I like yesterday we went to the Ben Ben Morrow Vineyard and Winery, or maybe I'm messing that up. Ben Morrow Winery and Vineyard, um, in Marlboro, New York, and it was just beautiful. You know, like the whole week it's been raining. Right. Um, you know, and, and one thing that we've been doing is at least like once once a month we'll like rent a car for a weekend and just like try to find something new to do. Um. So I chose the winery and it was just cool just to go up there and just like sample different wines and just to see upstate New York with the mountains and the Hudson River and like the leaves changing and stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, I think my, my, to answer the question, like my beauty of life would be just having infinite leisure time, you know, to just do any and everything that I want to do. Like I want to... Um, like if I feel like getting up and just taking a drive to some mountains or just going on a hike, like I want to do that on that day. Um, if I want to take my mother and father out to eat, you know, uh, just wherever, like, but you know, they're, they're, they're beautiful and also 
real chill people. So I could take them to City Island and they're happy. But, you know, that could be something simple. Like, why don't you do that all the time? Sometimes I really just don't even have the time to do it right. um, because of work and schedules and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, yeah, just my, my beauty of life would just be having infinite amounts of free time to just hang with the people I love, man, and just, right. like, have, have different experiences. Right. Yeah. right, that makes sense, you know, because, you know, what's life without life? You yeah, know? right, you know, work. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's work. Right, <laughs> it's, right. It's all it is. So how do you, how do you deal with uh, disappointment? You really, you really got the heavy ones. Um, <laughs> I told you that I wasn't gonna be. <laughs> How do I deal with disappointment? Um, I don't take. Okay, well, I, I'll give an example from from nine to five, like day to day work, right? So, yeah. I don't necessarily take um, criticism. Well, I don't think anyone can. Yeah. I can I can't find anybody who be like, "Yeah, you know, I love it when they tell me that my work is trash." Um, you know, I think that we can all take it and, and and learn from it, but I was definitely I definitely get disappointed. Um, one of the things that I do on a day-to-day basis is like I write orders and decisions for my judge to review and decide. So people file motions. Yeah. We got to decide it to see if what they're saying is right or not and what's going to be the outcome. So because we're in a new court, I don't think my writing style necessarily fits. And, like, I, I definitely have been getting criticized up until last week. I finally figured it out how to write for the space that I'm in. Um, and I was disappointed. And I, I think I don't deal with it well in the moment. Like, I can show it in my face that I don't like what's going on. But, um, I mean, I ultimately, I just got to bounce back from it. You know, like I'm definitely one of those people that will get in their emotions, yeah, um, and feel it and show it on their sleeve. Like right. if I'm upset or disappointed or sad or angry, like you're gonna see it oh, yeah. right in the moment. Um, but if you give me a few hours to cool off, or you know, if I just go, you know, take a moment to just be by myself, like I'll actually cool off and come back. Um, I think that question is so good because it makes me think about what I'm doing now as the cocktail council also like there are certain things that I put out there you know either on social media for like a oh I'm I'm going to go on Instagram live and do this and like maybe one person or two people will come in it. I think that that's large part because of the algorithms like I don't figure out how to do that to get the most people and I have a big enough following yet um but yeah, no, it's a good question. I feel like I'm still learning. Like yeah. I think I think I'm still learning right. how to deal with the disappointment from a business person standpoint. Like I think personally, give me some space and time and I'll come back from it. Like I won't let it sit on me. But I think right. that getting rejected from people or like making offers and stuff like that or people not buying into your services and products right away is something that I'm still figuring out all right, how do I deal with that? Like, yes, it's going to be a bounce back, but do I bounce back and try to find a different way to approach it, to, to turn that no into a yes? Um, or do I just keep going on on the same lines until I find somebody to actually say yes? So, yeah, I think, I think I'm still learning with how to, how to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, 
How do you, you have you ever broken a curse? Like I, when I say curse, it don't necessarily have to be like a curse, but maybe it could be like a habit or an emotion or or, or a feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I give you an example. Let's take me for example, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like um, I felt like. You know, after my first heartbreak, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where I put everything into a woman, you know. I told, I put it out there in the universe, like, yo, I would never cry over a woman again. Mm-hmm. You know, and the universe, I feel like the universe answered. And it was just like, not just like relationships. It was just like, I, I trained myself to keep me in a safe place where Nothing won't surprise me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say numb to everything, but just the lack of... Like, sometimes I'd be like, I should really be caring about this situation, yeah. but I, I, I don't, yeah. you know? And, <laughs> you know, it's cool when you're younger, but now I'm getting older, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it, this is not right. You know, I should have more. And I think it's like, like Mike Tyson said, Mike mm-hmm. Tyson said, uh, I was listening to his podcast. He said, you know, when I was a kid, they used to rob me, take my money, and beat me up. Mm-hmm. So so as as I got older, to protect that side, I did the same thing. I robbed people, beat them up, right. and, and take their money. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But really, I'm just that still, no matter how old I get, I'm just still that insecure little kid right. that's yeah. scared somebody going to rob me, beat my money, and, and uh, yeah. whatever. So I felt that that's just... And I, I'm trying to seek help to get over that, right. you know, because the more you care, the more powerful you could be. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just trying to, you know, figure out ways, like like we talked about, finding a root mm-hmm. and, and, and pulling it up. Yeah. I, I think, well, I, no, for me, um, I, well, to answer, I think the, the curse that I broke is just what you were saying, you know, that um, seeking help. Realizing that you might need to talk to someone or get some um, help in like the mental health space and actually going to do that. Right. Um, so for me, I would say the one curse that I broke was actually going to get therapy. Like right. when at a point in time in my life where I felt like I might I might actually benefit from it, you right. know, and just not looking at it as something that's negative. I think that our people always see this as something right. negative because we don't want to deal with doc. Yeah, yeah, you know, we don't need that or. We ain't crazy or this and that third. We don't want nobody in our business. Right. But we keep it bothered up yeah, and they want to hurting us. Exactly. Moment. Right. So I think for me, that was the curse that I that I might have broken for myself is realizing that I could I might benefit from some help or at least just experimenting with the idea, you right. know? Um, and actually going to seek it and following through with it a little bit. And I think it's it's helping me put um, certain things in, in place, especially when it comes to relation, you know, like the relationships yeah, 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 in my is, life, you know, like yo, my family, I don't think, my sisters and stuff. Not to cut you off, hold nah, your you thought, know. hold your thought. But I think that marriage is like one of the hugest humps mm-hmm. you, you you have to get over too. I think that you know, I, I, as a single man, I, I might be wrong. I know <laughs> I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> in my head, it's like all right. You, you, it's like the Jada, uh, the Will Smith joint. You have mm. to be whole, she have to be whole. Yeah, yeah, come together and mm-hmm. form. Yeah, you know, 
a wholeness. Mm-hmm. A wholeness, not something like broke in and then another person broke right. in. Right. And y'all, 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 y'all fix broke. each other. No. Yeah, y'all gonna fix y'all each both, other. Right. Know? Y'all both gonna be broken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all both gonna be broken. Maybe even worse off. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. You, you It's like you said marriage is one of those humps you gotta get over. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know if you ever really get over the hump. You know, I think because I've been with Tara like seven years. Right. You know, about that. Um, and now in this new journey of marriage, we still learning more things about each other. So right. it really just comes down to um, being honest with each other, man. Right. And like talking about things honestly right. right there in the moment. Like just like what we've been saying, don't keep things bottled up, especially if you got a wife right. or a husband or, you know, significant other for, for, you, for you know, whoever the listeners are. Um there's there's no sense in saying you about to be with somebody for the rest of your life and you still hiding things from them. Right. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, I feel like one of the ways to kind of get up that hill together is just to be 100% real with each other um, and just and just honest, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Because uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We've been talking about a lot. We, I feel like we hit so much major topics. Right <laughs> you know, I'm really feeling this vibe. <laughs> you know, this is everything. This is all life experiences, mm-hmm. and you know, um, I know growing up that, you know, I've I've watched people go like the reason why I'm not a heroin addict <laughs> is because of heroin addicts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how you learn, bro. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's that's Ooh. you. You got impeccable balance, but that's something I don't want to do. That's something I don't want to do. That's, I like that analogy. I like that. <laughs> so, so you know, uh, and that was my thing growing up. So now I got a little brother, ten years younger than me. I got nephews. Mm-hmm. You know. So so I'm able. They they're able to watch me and say, okay, and went right. And the right thing ain't happened for him. So, you know what I'm saying? That was a bad ex- I watched him go through that bad experience. So, I go make my own way. Mm-hmm. And not saying that I won't go through these bad experiences, but at least I have some type of idea what a bad experience is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So. <laughs> yeah, now, sometimes you need that firsthand, like, you got to see it. I'm definitely one of those people, too. Like, I got to see the bad or the good thing to know whether or not it's for me or not, you know. Um, I definitely wouldn't try heroin or crack, <laughs> but I, I'm definitely one of those too. Like you, I gotta see, you know, nah, that's that's not really for me or like uh, I I could be with that, but um, yeah, just like you were saying earlier too, man. You gotta protect your peace, right? And make those choices right. accordingly on on what that is, and and know what your peace is. Like you gotta know what you're protecting, right? As well right. too, you know. Right. Like the state of the world. Like I try not to get into that because I'm a work in progress. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to build myself up every day. Yeah. So I pay attention on like who's pre- president. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I pay attention on who vice president, the senate. Yeah. And, and, the senator or whatever, it still won't stop me from when I'm coming home. I have to step over the homeless man, late. right? You know what I'm saying? To, true. to getting in my apartment, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so, true. So it's like I still have to work on me before I work on the world. Yeah, 
You know, that's one of the things I really got from the uh, Notorious movie. He said, you can't save the world unless you save yourself. It's true. It's, it's definitely true. that that mentality that it starts with you. Like, we we as individuals being the change in the world that we want to see, right? Right. Which I definitely agree with. But I think, I think for me, because I'm kind of the opposite, like, I do care about who the president is going to be. You're like, well... Right. More so, I would care about like who's the mayor gonna be, right. or like the governor, or like my, or like my city council person, because yeah. that person has more influence on my day to day life. Like that person got more sway right. on whether there is a homeless right. person right. on one thirty fifth or one six one or wherever. Yeah, um, that I gotta step over on my way to work. So, in that regard, like in that regard, I you know I've just been I encourage people to just think you know. Outside, you, you know, just you, think, you, think a little, think a little bit outside. Just like definitely set yourself up first, because I'm in that mindset too. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm empowered, then I can help the people that I want to help. Yeah. I don't gotta worry about voting for anybody because they right. may or may not do it. I could take some bread out though and put somebody in a shelter, right? Or I could do like a clothes drive or like a food drive or something like that. But um, yeah. politics is local, you know. You you vote for the right person, they might be able to get that person up off the streets, get them a job or something like that, or get them cleaned up. You you know, I feel bad because last night I was talking to a, a public figure last night, right? Mm-hmm. Talking to a public figure, and um, he asked me Biden or Trump, mm-hmm. and I said it don't matter. You know, like nonchalantly. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> he was like, what? He was like, no. It's, it, it, and he, the conversation we had, he was like, yo, this is bigger than you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was like, he was pointing, he was like, all right, they still fill in the Supreme Court room, you mm-hmm. know. And you don't want the wrong people to be in it, yeah. you know. Guilty, guilty. All right, you can get a pass. Guilty, guilty. You get a pass. Yeah. It's like it's like a joke from Chief O'Neill said. He said black people walk at the work at the airport, and you see like somebody remind you of you. You like, hey, just go. Yeah. You know what I'm right. And then this happened around nine eleven. He was like, if you see like one of them. Habibi, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then they come in there, you're like, all right, just go. <laughs> you good, you good. Yeah, I mean, people yeah. definitely people definitely got to take it seriously, man. I, yeah. think, um, I think that there's a lot of apathy yeah. in our communities. Right. Um, amongst, um, I think amongst black men in particular, right? right. Like, I think we're just like, yo, ain't nobody ever look out for us. So, right. you know, to hell with all of them. Yeah. Um, our women are a little different like they be plugged in yeah. you know and, and, and definitely you know sift through it a little bit more but yeah. it's important man like it's it's important I think more so than anything else um, it's about the the rhetoric you know right. it's about what comes out of the top like I think it's a difference because I would not I don't want to see anybody else for the next four years talking about build a wall or <laughs> people this or people yeah. that right like, when you know behind closed doors the dudes is just stealing money from people and don't really give a damn about right, any of that right. stuff, you know. I would much rather hear messages of hope and change and, and positivity. Yeah. And even if it ain't looking exactly how I can see it, at least we're in a position now to um, demand more right. from somebody, say like a Joe Biden or like Kamala Harris than we could Donald Trump or, or, or anybody else. 
Right, you know? you know, Ice Cube said something that resonated with me to, for a long time before I even knew it resonated. Mm-hmm. He said, they, they, you know how they treat you if you ain't got no money. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? Everybody know how they treat you when you do got some money. Mm-hmm. And then there's a certain way they treat you when mm-hmm. you don't got no money, yeah. you know? Invisible. Treat you like you're invisible. Mm-hmm. And... and and that's that's that, that that if you don't know how to deal with that, bro, you 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 see yourself as less important. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's true. And then that has effect on not just you, but the people around you. Yeah. And then people will say, say you in a circle, and that this is how they treat you, and you forget who you are. Mm-hmm. So now you with your people, and, and this is in you. This is what you're thinking about. So this is how. You kind of react to it, and your and, and your people might turn on you and say like, "Yo, you you bring bad energy, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You bring yeah. bad energy, <laughs> and it's not that, you know, it's it's, it's something else." So. Yeah, no, you're right. I think it's I, I think we definitely in a, a a tricky situation, but um, we just. I, we gotta think for ourselves, just like you that, saying your people, your yes, people bad energy. Like yes, we have to think for, yes, think about yes. what's in the best interest for for ourselves. Yes, like, yes. If you if you one of those people that's asking yes. the question, yo, why black people can't have anything? Think about that. <laughs> like, think about why black people can't have anything, and then you might get at the answer once you start thinking about okay, how do we move forward, like yes. as a collective? You know, you know what I don't like when all right, like. When the media, when, when when the media tells you, start controlling you, tell you what to like and what not to like, mm-hmm. who to like and what who not to like, I like I don't even know these people. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, I, I don't know these right. people. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the 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 racist being like, I hate black people. How you don't know none of us? Exactly. You don't live amongst us. Exactly. So how you gonna hate people you don't know? Right. Like exactly. I think I think we lost. Because of the media, right? Like, I feel like we all kind of lost the opportunity to actually get to know people, right? right. Living in this country, it's been set up that Man. there's been so much distance that we don't even afford ourselves the opportunity to get to know uh, to know one another. Mike, Mike, it, it, I, like I didn't travel the, the country and travel like distant parts of the world, bro. Mm-hmm. And when people see me, because we humble dudes. We yeah. come from humble beginnings. We're real humble people, right? So when we put our energy forth, it shouldn't be, you know, you go so you go to you go you you meet with somebody that don't like is from a different race mm-hmm. or a different culture. And they say to you like, Wow, you're not like one of them, you know what right. I'm saying? That Right. That just makes me feel like what? Yeah, you don't know none of them. Exactly. So how, can so how can you say that? You're like, like, wow, you're, you're very quiet, you're very reserved, you're very humble. You know, you're not throwing money around. You're not. You're, I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know it's what the I'm media. Saying? Like, there's there's a certain image of us that's being put mm-hmm. out there. Um, so when they encounter one of us that's humble, humility, exactly. and I mean we also big, and it, and it sounds racist, right? Too. Yeah, and I did, you yeah. know, it's like you're not like you're not like everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we also are, are big dudes too, you know, right, like, right. over six feet in black. Like I think right. just naturally because we're intimidating. I know for me, like I'll come into a space and kind of dial myself back. 
Yeah. Because in my own head, I'm already thinking like, I, yeah, these people they gonna feel a certain type of way from me. Like, yeah, I can't say so walk- many times. I like I come around the corner and people are like, ah, yeah, I'm walking a certain nobody. way, if you talk a certain yeah, way. You, you know? have to think about that, especially being our side. Yeah, you know, it's just right. Like that's already something that's imprinted in my mind, which shouldn't be there because I'm not walking around trying to do somebody harm. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's kind of like our conditioning, but you, yeah. You know what? I, I I figured out that I spent my a majority of my life just trying to make people feel comfortable around yeah. me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Seriously. Like no. instead of instead of making my yourself comfortable, you know, making mm-hmm. yourself comfortable in it, whatever type of environment. But you like, all right, let me put them before I put me because I don't want to. You know, make it in an awkward situation or yeah, or uh, spew like right, like energy that's not conducive to nobody. Yeah, you know. So I think I've been trying to teach myself how not to do that, to put my put myself first because I know where my energy's at. Right. So if they feel some type of way, then they need to work on themselves. Right. Like I'm not coming from that right. from that angle. But yeah, I can definitely I feel you on that. Yeah. Right. Like, this has been amazing, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I've, 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 how long ago we set it up? Like, two weeks? Yeah, well, yeah, we were trying to set a date. Yeah, at least about, like, two. I haven't haven't had sex in two weeks. (laughs) Because they say, like, when you ejaculate or or, or, or come, you lose, like, IQ. Oh. You know, like, everything, because... Because sex is supposed to be reproduction, so when the sperm hit the eggs, it get like your genes, your mm-hmm. IQ, yeah, all the energy, your brilliancy, yeah. your energy, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I figured, you know, I hold that in. <laughs> <laughs> I come equipped to have a conversation with you. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, appreciate you keeping all the good energy. <laughs> like my, t- they say boxers don't do it before a fight, so I. <laughs> But you, you was going to war? I thought you were just having a little... <laughs> I thought we were just having a little interview, a little, little Q&A, a little conversation. Yeah, man. Nah, I, I, I appreciate it, man. This was this was awesome. This was awesome, yo. I, I was telling my wife, like, listening to your podcast, like, it feels very genuine. I love your energy. I love your vibe. Yeah. Um, just and knowing you personally as well, too. Like, I wish you, like, all the best and success in any way that I can help. To see it go forward, and not just with the episode, but anything, anything, man. Like I, I just, I'm, I, I'm honored to be a part of it, um, and I wish you all the success, brother. Like I think this is, you know, road to victory. Like this is, this is big. It's, it's going move, move people. Like, right. You move people. You definitely move me. So right. I, I love the content. Likewise, man. I'm just a student, and Mike, you being one of the humblest persons that that I've ever met. You know what I'm saying? Always down to earth. Reserve and always have good energy on you. And, you know, it, it, it pushes me. It's pushing me. It challenges me, especially, uh, you know, just having the mindset of just surviving. Mm. You know, now I have something to strive for and keep mm. climbing and keep climbing and keep raising the bar, you know, yeah. and, and show people you don't have to settle. You know, that's, that's like, very important to me. Thank you, bro. But, any last words you want to say to the people? Um, I love y'all. Y'all follow me on Instagram at the co- uh, at the Cocktail Council on Instagram. 
Um, if you're interested in my couples mixology class, you can send me a DM on Instagram or shoot me an email at thecocktailcouncil at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, th- thank you. I appreciate you. When I meet a woman and invite her over, I'm definitely <laughs> calling you the bartender, bro. Yeah. I'm definitely right. call you the bartender. Let me know. To 21 and over, I check, I, I check IDs. <laughs> you're not trying to get shut down. Yeah, you know, I bitch, adults. <laughs> All right. Oh, so ingra- congratulations to you and Tara. Thank you, brother. You know, I wish you many more. You a husband now, yeah, bro. I'm a husband this now. shit is crazy, bro. It's real. <laughs> I just curse. <laughs> I gotta change. I gotta change my 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 language up. You, know? you got a bunch of dad hats, right? <laughs> you, you saw me wear one when I was coming in, and I, I took my ring off to make the drinks. I was like, "Hold on, let me put that on, right?" Before I forget. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, people out there, I hope you enjoyed. We wish you love, peace, wealth, and truth always. Road to Victory Podcast and Diggity. We did it. Nice. I can't stop it. You got it. Just hit it back. <laughs> <laughs>